0: podcast series Irish by the grace of God and here's your host Tony Gorman. great news everybody Irish by the grace of God have now got a badly needed sponsor get are an Irish company that specialize in rental accommodation on a Monday to Friday basis And homeowners can rent out a room in their home for part of the week and still avail of the government's rent a room scheme and earn up to 14,000 per annum tax free. That's 14 grand. That's a serious incentive. They also have a presence in the UK with getdigs.co.uk. And there, homeowners can earn up to £7,500 sterling per annum tax free for renting out a room. And now they're also launching in the USA with a website called fivesleeps.com. That's the number five followed by sleeps.com, fivesleeps.com. So check out the websites for more details and uh, make contact with them. So, folks, welcome to uh, today's show of Irish by the grace of God. Uh, My next guest is Jerry Carter, uh, although I met Jerry probably last year at um a milestone birthday party uh for my brother over in France where, where Jerry now lives. Uh, I don't know. Uh, I know we spent a weekend uh, uh socializing Jerry, but I don't know a huge uh, amount uh about you. So over the course of maybe 40 minutes or an hour we can we can understand your history. So maybe we will start off with your history and growing up in Ireland and you know education and what you what you get up to sober jobs all that kind of stuff.
1: Sure, yeah, yeah. That's it's a, a trip down memory lane for me because it's going way back. I'm 62 years of age now, oh, so we're going back 40 years or so, you know. So, wow, yeah. but I can still remember. Let's say growing up in, uh, let's say where was first it was out in um, out by Finglas, the ward, um, and that uh, we had moved out from Santry in 1967, moved out to the ward uh out the old fingers road uh in 1967 and then we moved back into the city into uh, Glasnevin in 1976 um and then I would have moved that that would have been 16 or 17 at that stage and then I moved out uh got my own flat. And stuff like that moved around Dublin for, you know, 78, 79, 80, but started coming over to France uh, in 1978, 1979, then hooked up with the lads uh, to play some music on the the streets of Dublin, Grafton Street in the 81, I would say 80, 81, 82, 83. Um, And then, let me see. So... I was teaching music at the time out in Rohini, you know, um, and then playing gigs. So, um, and then let me see, um,
0: what 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 was it like growing up in Dublin in the sixties and you know had you siblings and
1: oh yeah, school. I've got four younger sisters, so um we lived in Santry in the 60s, so I'm born in 1960, so I can still remember Shanard Avenue in Santry in the 65, 66, those those sort of years. Um I still have very uh you know, visions, you know, certain things. I can remember cycling into Dublin at the age of, I think it was about five or six (laughs) uh, on on my tricycle. And somebody, and just this van came up beside me. I says, where are you going? He says, "Uh, I'm off to Dublin. Uh, (laughs) Now, I thought I was three, but I, 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 then I, you know, a couple of years ago, I sort of, um, I couldn't couldn't have been three. I must've been five or six. And uh, anyway, um the, the 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 this i remember this door opening up and this man and you know asked me where are you going come to dublin okay and i was brought back in this van and put into this house and it and then my i know i know that my um i can still remember the house uh my mother the, the, the contacted the guards You know i went missing so and too. my folks came and collected me in this house in uh which wasn't that far away, you know. But I can still remember. I can still when I go to Dublin, I go through that roundabout. Of- I said I was in this house uh, when I was six or seven, you know, because I was I went. Cherry,
0: if that happened, if that happened now, the national guard would be called out.
1: Absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> got, yeah, got, guy gone missing. You know, six year old, whatever. You know, yeah. but I, I still remember <laughs> cycling down that road. Uh, Amazing, yeah. I I, the Ballymun Road, I think, was on my way to Dublin City. I said, I'm off, you know, I'm off <laughs> off." I'm like, on my... Excellent. I walk around, you know. But so, you know, So I've still got memories like that.
0: Yeah, and Jerry, were I know you're, I mean, you, your profession is music now, but growing up, were you a musical family? Did your sisters play, your parents? Um, or- um,
1: yeah, my father and mother had a sort of... Um, let's say, an interest in piano, but there were never, let's say, proper musicians. They fiddled with the piano, and um, my mother uh, played a little bit of piano as well, but there was no serious, um, let's say, uh, they weren't playing every night or anything like that. No, there was just this interest in playing music. Um, but I, 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 I had sort of this vision when I was, you know, at the age of about... I think it was some a dream or some vision. I could see myself at the age in a later age, you know, 70 or something, playing for old age people, you know? Right. And um, that's sort of, it was, it was at the back of my mind. Um, and it had sort of, let's say, guided me towards music because we we'll get later on to that. But it turned out for 25 years, I play, I you know, during the week, I would play for... Uh, nursing homes, you know, that was a part of my wow. profession. You know, Monday yeah. to Friday, uh, all around here in the town in in the south of France, uh, you know, that was one of my incomes, apart from playing on the weekend. But sure, I would play, you know, from Monday to Thursday for for all these um, nursing homes. Wow, you know, great fun, absolutely. Hospitals, we've uh, been doing that since the late nineties, um, but that's sort of all, sort of. Um, winded down, you know, during COVID. Sure, yeah, uh, and still hasn't got back. But I'm still, I'm still gigging, you know. Uh, and the doors have opened in the past couple of months. Phenomenal, you know. The yeah. the, 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 the 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 diary has um is being filled in. Yeah, yeah. But anyway, that was a sort of you know in my early teens, that was a driving um a, let's say a, a vision. And Jerry would you have done um music in
0: school or music lessons or is it self Yeah I did
1: yeah uh, at the age of 15 uh, I was doing accordion and piano from the age of 7 but you know I was brought along to um the lessons and it really didn't catch on at all you know mm. the accordion and then at the age of I think 11 or 12 I would have heard of a guitar a guitar and then That sort of sparked the whole thing off. Yeah. Just just guitar, the image of guitar. And I really um, threw myself into it at the age of 15. Yeah. Yeah, the guitar is sexy. It is, it is. (laughs) But you can do so many things. But of course, I never sung then, because I I couldn't stand my voice. But over here in France, uh, I took up singing in, you know, when I saw what, was being done and what i could do uh let's see in the 90s um i was just playing fiddle and i, I could see what was you know he, he french here would sing as we say they, they sang in yogurt you know it was phonetic it's sort of sounding english but wasn't english at all. Right. we call it singing yogurt uh, and i said listen i can do better than that and then i started off with a bit of wild rover and and that it just went down a bomb Wow. And then I thought, oh, okay, maybe. And then, the more you sing, the more you try. When you try to sing, the more you sing, the better it gets. Sure. So, and then and I'm just lead singer, and you know, since the since the nineties. wow,
0: so, so um, you you mentioned there that you moved into a uh, an apartment or a flat, I suppose they were called back then yeah, in flats. Dublin. What what age would you have been then, and were uh, you
1: were you operating as a yeah, wow. nineteen what 20, 19, 20, 21 Yeah, not I would have moved out when I was about, let's say, nineteen or so.
0: And how did that work out for you?
1: Was that it... was grand. I was I was teaching uh guitar, playing oh, with good. the band. Uh there was loads of things happening and the money was just coming in, you know, just uh, and tell
0: me what when you say the band, what band was that?
1: I would have had Let's say Continental Shuffle or Swing Forty Two at the time. And oh. then I met the lads and we were doing Stefan Gopelli and that yeah. was sort of in vogue. Um so
0: I didn't realize you were in Swing Forty-two.
1: Yeah, that was that was the first band I would have said when we were with Niall and, and um and uh, who was it at? There was Niall Bernard. Uh, there was all, a bunch of us. Yeah. Um, and I, you know, and then there was another band at the time that uh, with Steve Wickham and um, that, that, that 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 we were two. There were two bands that, because Hotfoot uh, started all that stuff off, right? And we, you know, if you're a fiddle player, you know, you, you'd, well, I wasn't too much into tra- traditional music, but that that was um, really. Swing music, swing String, jazz, yeah. really the uh, a great uh, form of expression and a great form of music to play to and, and um, at the time as well, you know.
0: So you gig Dublin. Did you go outside Dublin or did you just restrict yeah, yourself to I, Dublin? Yeah, I think well, in
1: 1983, I think we did the Guinness Jazz Festival. Um, ah, down in Cork. Down in Cork. That was, yeah, true 83, I think. Yeah. Um, which was um, great fun. Which was, um, you know, great fun to do. It was gigs in gigs in October. And Sherry, did she?
0: I might be wrong in this, but did she record an album back then?
1: No, no, no. no okay, no, no, no. So no, no recordings. No, no, nothing. I think I did a demo of something of myself, but um, but that at, at that era things are. Things were expensive, you know, recording studios studios and stuff like that. Sure. Like yeah.
0: So um so you're gigging around and you're obviously honing your your um music skills. So you know, where did you start uh, thinking about the move to France?
1: Well I I was going over to France every well First, I was going, I went busking in 79, 80, around uh, well, the south of France and stuff, um, and really got to love the the country, um, and it was sort of always a source, okay, off we go in July, August, you could go busking, you know, this sure. is where we were big buskers at the time. Um, so, off busking in France, you could always put out the, you know, I always do a restaurant, loads of terraces playing the terrace you know we were playing in Paris and going uh, plus Georges Pompidou and then we'd head off and uh, we could do the Vendange in September Um, but then I always ran out of money when um, the cold weather came in so I always had to ring me ma and listen this can you send me <laughs> over a few bars? I want to get back home. <laughs> um so back home then teaching guitar and then it'd be next summer it would be off doing the same thing again. And then of course I met the lads uh, Kieran Jerry and that we were busking, and then we we were playing in the badass cafe one night um and um we came across a couple of these French girls and they invited us I invited us out to Il Dieu in nineteen eighty three. Um and what, we what's were... what's in Drew? In no it's the island of Ile Dieu. Ah, uh, in yes the, yes Vendée, in, um, in in France off, off. it's off uh, the west coast of France. It's um La Vendée. So it's an island it's called Ile Dieu uh ten kilometers by four and it's um a beautiful place to go. So we went there every summer and the lads played there. We played there every summer of 83 up until, well, I stopped playing there in 87 and the lads continued on because I moved to France in 1987. Okay. I uh, got work as a, as a chef. Uh, that's how I started my life in Paris um, with my with my wife, my French wife.
0: Okay. So we need to backtrack now a bit. First of all, so did you train to be a chef a chef, Jerry?
1: I did in Cahill Brewer Street, but um so that was for two years. Well you, you know, you it's you alternate with the restaurant and you go in and do a couple of lessons. But really what makes how you learn the trade is working in the kitchens. So oh yeah. yeah. I I loved food. I still love food, everybody loves food. but I wanted to know a little bit more about it because um the circle of teaching, playing gigs, going to France, it was every year. It was going on for about four years. And I said, you know, this is a little bit, it's getting, it doesn't seem to be going anywhere. Right. So uh, I decided to, let's say, learn a trade. Okay. And I thought, well, why, you know, may as well learn something about cooking. I love cooking, mm-hmm. um, restaurants, the whole thing. And... Um, 1984 I started work in the kitchens in in Dublin um and then well let's say moved to France and started working in the kitchens in 1987 in in Paris
0: and you know when you mentioned kitchens restaurants and Paris together you've kind of a vision of uh, you know a bit of a challenge uh how did you find that
1: but that was oh, it's a very it was very difficult. The, working in kitchens in Paris, uh, I found a job. Let's say I was working, started at nine, finished at uh, two, started back at six, finished at 12, midnight. Uh Jeez. But that's on the other side of Paris. So I had my motorbike. So I, I was coming and going over, yeah. you know, crossing Paris uh, once, twice, three, four times a day. Wow, yeah. Uh, but it really, I, I worked in uh, Café de la Jatte, Île de la Jatte, on the, the, the west west side of Paris for 10 months. And that I really learned to trade yeah. uh, from that and then moved into, um, let's say, corporate kitchen, kitchens. Let's say it was on, only eight hours or nine hours a day.
0: <laughs> and and did you you hardly had time for the music when you were doing no the,
1: no, no no time for the music uh, a couple of sessions let's say you know uh, with another friend of mine Kevin Sheehan we, he was in Paris at the time as well and we were doing a couple of gigs ge- well just playing together in 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 Irish pubs in uh, right. in in, uh, in Paris just for, uh, just for Guinness you know Guinness and drinks. <laughs> <laughs>
0: And where did you so did you meet your wife in El Jude?
1: In Island? Asia, yeah. In ah, very 19, good. Yes, in 1987. Uh, and um and she's still with me today, and she's just retired uh last month. Very good. <laughs> Four <laughs> kids later, and um, you know, so there you go.
0: And so did you I know you were on the outskirts of Toulouse in a absolutely yeah. stunning village yeah. uh, and the, the name escapes me every time but has the note de l'ivisse yeah uh, it's absolutely stunning but it is yeah did yeah. did you move there straight
1: away or we um uh, well straight away so we left paris well i it was uh, just a... An inter something. Sure. I went to Africa for six months. uh, Because that was my lifelong goal was to travel around the world on a motorbike. Okay. So it took ten years, let's say, to you know get the money together, get the bike together, um, and all that. Um, So I went in 1990 uh, through Africa on a motorbike for six months because that was my goal. was your good wife on the back of the motorbike? No, she wasn't. She stayed with okay. uh, our daughter, Lucille, um, because she knew that was my lifelong, let's say, since the age of 18. That's all I wanted to do was travel around the world on a motorbike. I was going in that direction all the time, you know? So she said, Listen, go and do it. Yeah. Uh, and listen, when you come back, well, we you know, we're, um you know there's nothing worse than a man not having you know having a goal in life and not being ma- able to realize it so yeah anyway i did that and then we, when we came back i worked a bit and we said okay listen we're moving from paris we wanted to go to australia but it, it was too difficult to get in in 1990 91 uh so we said listen, move let's move down from paris let's move down to the southwest of france and we heard about Toulouse and um, the outskirts of Toulouse, and so we moved into Albi, um, and just outside of Albi, there was a house for rent at the same price as our apartment in Paris, which was at the time three thousand six hundred francs. Uh, let's say five hundred euros today. Right. Um, big house, garden, and everything, and we moved in uh, in nineteen ninety one on the first of May. And we're still here. Yes, a lovely house as well, and a lovely, yeah, a lovely area, lovely position, beautiful area. Yeah. Mm. So, so we so, left Paris with uh, two children uh, on in, on the first of May, nineteen ninety one.
0: Very good. And so tell me this: so you left Paris, and you were um, in the the chef trade. Did you yeah. continue that on when you went to Elbe?
1: Yeah, we did. Um, and my wife worked uh, as a. She got a job straight away. I got a job straight away in the kitchens in um, uh, a kitchen uh, in, in a neighboring village. Um, I worked there for three months, and I thought, "Hold on, uh, you know, it's a temporary job." I, at the end of the day, at the last on my last day, I thought, "Hold on." i'm gonna go looking for work in a kitchen i probably know more than the owner uh i thought why don't i start off my own business very good Uh, i know enough about chef and cooking and all that so what i did was uh and probably you know i thought how about baked potatoes um so i went to london a couple of months later uh picked up um a baked potato machine because that's the only place you could get them in london brought it back and started my own, um, affair on the f- local fairs, uh, every- exhibitions and everything doing my spook baked potatoes, And, uh, it worked out for me very well until I started falling asleep at the wheel.
0: Okay. That's not good.
1: No, because I was gigging at night and had to be up at six. I was getting in at five and had to get, get up at six to get oh. to the fairs and the various, um, Venues, at, you know, there was a, there were always a, on a Saturday and Sunday morning. So yeah. started to fall asleep at the wheel. And I decided, you know, I was working with a band here, and decisions had to be made. And you know, because I fell asleep at the wheel, and, and luckily survived. No worries, everything fine. Um, uh, so that shook me up, and, and decided, okay, listen, uh, as I'm fronting the band, I may as well go professional. And I became professional in 1996. And the great thing here in this country, in France, is that you are, uh, let's, uh, you have a certain, you have an artist's status. We call it intermittent de spectacle. And you are s- subsidized by the government, let's say through, um, uh, you've got indemnities. Um, okay. Because you're on the dole basically, and you're working as a musician, and the whole business trade is around. Um, that's your profession. You're a musician, professional musician. With you know the whole the film industry, it's a, it's, it's it covers it, it englobes all the professions in the artists' industry, music, mm-hmm. cameramen, the film industry, um, the whole. Mm-hmm. The whole industry, hmm. media industry. So that's that's my status today.
0: Very good. It's a Which bit enables like...
1: me it enables me to live as a musician.
0: Sure, uh, it's probably not quite uh, comparing apples with apples, but I suppose the Irish government you get tax break if if you're yeah. under the arts banner. Yeah,
1: that's uh... true. Yeah.
0: So and, and the name of the band was Jerry Carter and Friends.
1: Is that yeah? Yeah, and- it's been it's been that way for a good few many years. Um, yeah, since I started off, you know, on my own. Let's say I broke away from the band in two, the year two thousand. Um, I thought, you know, it's Jerry Carter, you know, so nobody can fire me, you know. <laughs> <laughs> That's and I book beauty. all the musicians, you know. So it's it's Jerry Carter, this and Jerry Carter, friend, you know. So. I, I do all the um the booking, you know, the looking for gigs and people ring me Irish music, blah blah blah, whatever. Um, so you know, it's it's Jerry Carter and friends.
0: And is what type of music Jerry? Is it just Irish tr- traditional? It's, or are you Irish, slipping in a bit it's, of it's,
1: it's, it's American folk? Okay, we do everything you know we do because the gigs are so varied. You know, we, we do a fete village. Uh, we do a cultural thing. We do churches, um, private things, private parties, private this, this, this pubs, everything. You know, um, yeah. so it's duo, trio, quartet, dancers, uh, callers for a. a um, if we're doing a let's say a cale or whatever a band, uh, you know, a call. It can be anything, you know. Uh, and how are the
0: French, are they receptive to Irish traditional type music or do they get? Very, it?
1: very much. They're big into it. Are They're they? big into Irish music. Absolutely. Oh. And more and more. Now, I'm going up to a festival in Brittany and the, the Brittany Winter Festival uh, in two weeks time. And um, So there's a lot of artists coming over. So and I sort of uh, let's say get into the Irish ambiance, if you like. Uh, for, you know, full week uh, I get stuck in the sessions and listening to Irish people, and you know, and the, but the French love it. We have sessions here every week, all in the in the Toulouse region. Um, they're all over the place. Everywhere there's an Irish bar, or you know, privately or. Um, they love it there's been festival yeah. here since you know thirty years you know mm. going way back to the early two thousand what it, what you call it 20, 2000 yeah,
0: yeah I'm just wondering how how the French you know they must be obviously listening to the the, the Christie moors and the the Dubliners maybe or the
1: they listen to everything it's huge the 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 um Irish music is huge. Now you see, this is now this is where you know when when I'm playing Irish music and um, the you've got your whiskey in the jar and then you've got the the, the Frank Hart. Uh, you've got you've got um, real Irish music and then you've got ballad. You've got Celtic uh Paddy Whackery. The whole yes, the whole spectrum of 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 paddy, of Irish music. You know, from the post to the chief, into to to it's it's so vast, right? Um, and everybody's interest is so different, so you've got to cater to everything. You know, yeah, yeah. yeah. So and, you know, this is what we like to do.
0: And now I know before we 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 came on air, we were just discussing. You know that you're in France for whatever it is, thirty five years plus, but. And and that you're effectively you're more French than Irish at this stage, but you know Almost, did, yeah. what you know in terms of cultural differences. What do you see are the most significant? Um, you know, are the French a different beast than the Irish? Do they get the Irish? Did they get the Irish crack?
1: They do. Oh, absolutely. They love the Irish. They do this. This uh, and and you see we. The Irish love the French, yes. so so we have that sort of um, um, let's say I don't know how you connection or the whatever, yeah. Connection, we love the French, the French love the Irish, so you know, that's so uh, it just you know, we're out drinking, we're out eating, we're out, you know, one, but you have to speak French. Well, that, yeah, I was
0: just gonna, that was my next uh question, was because yeah, no, I can't.
1: But you, you can't sort of play the tourist oh I, it's okay that that if you don't speak french you're over for a couple of weeks you're on vacation you're on holidays you get through with what you do you know what you can but we all we have a liking for each other so you're drinking and you're and you say so you're trying to you're, you're getting a you're you're buffing along with a couple of words here and there and then the french have a couple of words. the french don't like to speak in English you know they're because they they feel um very inadequate you know yeah. but anyway you get through the whole lot but of course I'm fluent French speaker so I love having the crack with them you know yeah yeah Um <laughs> uh, I it's I'm I'm a, I'm a, let's say I would just say an Irish person speaking fluent French so you know we're having the crack with them and I'm you know I'm um, you know, um, riling them up, you know, and I, because you know, I they get
0: them. they get the sarcastic wit of <laughs> Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. Then they, but I, I still make loads of mistakes in French, you know. Yeah. Um, I also do theater in in French, which is a it's a huge challenge. I'm only third or fourth uh, piece of of drama, you know, but it's all, always funny stuff, you know.
0: Right. So then, and sorry is that
1: your stuff Jerry, or no no you, no you're in um, no. a group i'm in a I'm, 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 I'm in a drama group you know own oh. drama group that's so, that's a uh, bit
0: of an undertaking
1: oh it is it is it's a huge we're on a new uh, uh piece uh and it's it's um it's very challenging you know uh, you know learning the text uh, learning the um the, the 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 dialogue you know um yeah. because there's still things i just don't understand so i practice with my wife and she says oh, no no hold on you got to pronounce that this way and don't forget this little word here right and which changes the whole sure yeah yeah sense of the and way. what about
0: food like i remember 35 years ago or more i worked in france for about 2 months uh the north of france a place called gangon and the I remember the food, I love the food, yeah. right? Yeah, um, absolutely. Yeah. But like everything had to be consumed with lots of
1: wine and
0: yeah. they're, not, they're not prone to overcook and stuff either.
1: No no, but <laughs> the, the, the whole thing about you know, um, um, conviviality is around food. Yes, fine food, you know, we, we've got a couple of, you know, the neighbours coming in tomorrow night uh, for, for, for dinner um and then we'll go down to them, you know, maybe you know, later on uh, everybody invites you, you're invited all over the place, you know everything finishes up, you know, go to the restaurant and, you know we don't go to the pub around there, there's nothing yeah. we go, we, we eat together you know, the yeah. family eats together at the same time Everything is around food, it's family, it's food, um, all yeah. the time. And the impression I get
0: is not quick. You know, I think oh. Ireland, it's get it done and get it over with as fast as you can. And oh. even in our restaurants now, if you are if you make a reservation, it's okay, you're on at seven, but you have to be out by, you know, eight o'clock. Yeah. Whereas I think in France, it's...
1: No, you're there for the evening. You're there for the evening, yeah. Yeah, Which is great. Let's say the um the service. Let's say some places we'll do. It's a very busy. They do two services, but no. But generally, you're in. You're there for the night. Brilliant, brilliant.
0: And um, I know you're only back from a a musical uh, tour of Vietnam. Uh, Can you just tell us a bit about
1: that? Exactly. So every year we meet up with this uh, uh, the band of friends that we, we all, you know, when we played together in the early, in the early 80s, uh, Kieran, Jer, um, Niall and Don. So we decided uh, a couple of years ago to, um, when well, we met up in 2005, we hadn't seen each other in 25 years. Uh, so we met up and said, let's so play together in Needle Jude. That's where it all started. Um, and we said, let's meet up, let's meet up, let you know, every five years. But... We just suddenly thought, now hold on, we're getting on in life. Every five years is, you know, let's, so it was a couple of years, two or three years later, and then we thought, we brought it down to one year, mm. um, we meet up once a year in some part of the world and get together. So um, this year, it was in Vietnam. Two years ago, it was in Brisbane, Australia, or uh, and the, year before, the last year it was in France. Uh, And to play together, the whole idea is, you know, um, conviviality, music, and good food. Mm. Um, And we meet up, and so we met up in Vietnam, in uh, Ho Chi Minh, and Uh, we played. Why why,
0: why Vietnam,
1: Jerry? I think it was, one of the lads said, listen, uh, Australia uh, and Europe, sort of in between, we'd like to go to Vietnam. Yeah. Said, why not? Let's we've never been to Asia in our lives, so you know, okay. We decided, okay, we'll go there. And what's the best month, January? Uh, and then we we decided that bought the tickets, um, and um, decided to contact a few places. We first we we contact Irish bars first, you say, and and say, okay, you're welcome, just we we go over, we play for free, you know, we don't uh, say we're not, not looking for um, you know, we just want to have A good moment mm. and meet people and meet people there, meet you know, locals, and and um, we we end up you know getting there and then just going into let's say a Vietnamese restaurant or someplace, you know, something that looks good, let's go in, ask the the the, the can we play here? Oh, yeah, go ahead, yeah, but I'm fine, you know. <laughs> uh, we played there that night, so we played four nights in a row, <laughs> um, in Phu Quoc, uh, we played a four or five nights in a row in Ho Chi Minh. We had a friend there who sort of, Connor and Rita, and they had to look around for a couple of gigs and set us up with accommodation and, you know, and and visiting uh, Ho Chi Minh, uh, street food. Um, Fantastic. Spent some, you know, four or five days playing there, getting around and then we headed off because we're all there with our wives and um uh, Partners and stuff, so um, they, they, you know, it's a bit sometimes a bit much for them, but they go off and eat, and uh, it's it's a great fun, great, yeah. Fun.
0: I saw a couple of the videos, they were fantastic, a, a great atmosphere. um how did the like okay, when you go to an Irish bar, you know what to expect, but if you play in front of Vietnamese,
1: what kind of reaction do you get there? Oh, they love it. They? Not, they, 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 they just love it and that you're there playing for them you know they they, they 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 don't really see or hear a lot of music I you know I get the general there's not people playing like in Irish bars here in, in, in Dublin it's it's hard to come by music you know yeah um so I mean we're there playing in a you know we're usually usually in a good area you know so um it's easy to set up and um, and then we just get get on with it you know and there's always people just passing through
0: very good um, I think the introduction music to Irish by the grace of God is uh, is a section of Sea of Green I think Dan Tobin wrote the lyrics but are you I think you could be playing on it
1: yeah, I haven't heard it. what Don. Don wrote it. Yeah, Don. And yeah. there's a section
0: on, um, it could be the flute or the tin whistle, maybe. Mm. I think you might be credited with it. Anyway, we can, I, I, I'll I'll suss it out a bit more yeah. and I, yeah. I'll let you know. A, a quick question. So you came from Dublin and then... Paris, and now you're in a very, very rural community in, in uh, south of France. Yeah, oh, that's a
1: huge leap, isn't it? How how do you find the? Well, no, yes and no. Um, well, it's moving from the city out to the country. Yeah. The uh but I mean, let's say I'm in a little village. Uh, the the town of Albi is is ten minutes away, mm-hmm. and the big city of Toulouse is. 50 minutes away. Yeah. So, okay. I mean, anything you want, really. I, I just go outside the door. I say hello to, I don't know how many people, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just, I know everybody. Everybody knows me. I run a couple of associations in the village. Um, I'm constantly with people all the time, you know, on the phone. Brilliant. I could just walk out to the door. How are you? You know, I was just talking to my neighbor just there, just before we were, were on. Uh, I was talking about how many people. Six people, you know, just hello ah hello Jean Marie how are you doing and and you know and the he goes I just start cutting a, cutting some wood and then somebody else ah Thomas how are you Grant how are you doing once it was it was you know social life just you know and there's and, a market tonight I just go down to the village there's a market a night market um go for a drink, whatever you know yeah. I'm with people all the time and Jerry what do you like most. About
0: living in France and what do you miss most about Ireland?
1: Um, I would say uh, miss. I love. I love. You know, I'd love to be talking to Irish people in Ireland. I, you know, I'll be going over there in a couple of months. Mm. But um, and let's see what do I miss? I look Let's say, say just, the Irish people uh, just a crack, just mm. understanding each other. You know? Yeah, yeah. I'm not uh, you see. French is my second language. My first language is, is is well, it's English. So you know, I'm talking with uh, with Irish people. Uh, uh, there's no filter, whereas with French there is a filter. Um, I, it's not my mother language, so there is yeah. this filter. You know, um, it's you know, it's not my mother language. Sure. So there is that. So there's certain things um that don't get you know, the, the, the capture you know, or understand, sure. yeah. uh, you know, just that, you yeah, know, which is why I have to go to Ireland, you know, the, the, before yeah. I was going every year, but now it's, it's a little bit more. Yeah. You
0: mentioned before the interview as well, that you speak, like you speak French every day. And yeah. if you don't meet, you know, English speaking people for a while yeah. that you even find it hard to, to go back
1: to the English Absolutely. It's sometimes very difficult, you know, I have to speak in French to get the English phrase out, you know, and yes. when I see the lads, you know, when we meet up, I, you know, I have a certain vocabulary. <laughs> it's, it's very hard to get my point of view across sometimes, you know, what's the word for that? You know, what's the word for that? How do you say that? You're always trying to, say, to figure out how do you say that in English? You know? Yeah. And the Irish have a huge
0: long list of curse words, whereas the French mightn't have.
1: <laughs> True. Oh, well, we do have a um, Bible uh, dictionary of of, of um, curse words. But... <laughs>
0: so, listen, would you ever consider moving back to Ireland or is that a big no, no? No, no, definitely Never. not. No, yeah. my,
1: my life is here. Uh, it's well. Let's say it's to, well. My wife is French, so we we live here. So we, are all my my roots are here. I'll be buried maybe in the in the cemetery in Castelnau de uh That's my my wish. Let's my wish. <laughs> that's, that's. I don't see myself being you know carted off to back to Dublin to Glasnevin sure. Cemetery. No, 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 no. No, my life is here. The kids are here. The you know the the whole family. The roots. My roots. Sure. Yeah. 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 No.
0: No. And I suppose closing in towards the end here, uh, I ask everybody this: Barry's tea, tater crisps, or a pint of Guinness? Which and I think I know which what the answer is going to be. But what what you miss most? <laughs> and you well, can't say a pint of Guinness with a bag of crisps.
1: No. <laughs> <laughs> now I tell you what I, I I was always you know bringing tea back, um, Barry's tea and stuff like that, and then. Yeah, we Drink our tea with you know, there's no milk, there's no sugar. So, Barry's tea is very difficult to you know, it's very strong tea when you're mm. drinking herbal teas here and uh, uh, all various you know, the, the whole world of tea has opened up you know, in the past 20 years. It's very difficult to drink Barry's tea. Um, it's very, very strong, you know. Yeah, you know, when you know, my taste now is French and it's it's a uh, all t- 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 sorts of uh, you know, Chinese um teas. Uh Barry's tea is very difficult to drink. So I stopped that about 10-15 years ago. Um point of Guinness. Um now I haven't tasted Tato Crisps for 40 years. Seriously? Yeah. Oh jeez. <laughs> like there's even a
0: methodology on eating a bag of Tato Crisps
1: really yeah, yeah i love crisps I love, i've come across crisps here uh truffles truffle they're, they're mind-boggling go ahead absolutely the the, the world of, of crisps has opened up you know the the there's so many recipes and i've yeah. come across this french uh, no sorry not french a spanish company that do organic crisps and they've ventured into truffle wow. and it's only unbelievable the taste but they must be expensive, are they? No, 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 no. no? Made with truffles. It's yeah. just. Out of one.
0: Okay, one for when I'm when I when I'm next in France. So that's really it, Jerry. And uh, I'd like to thank you for your time. I know, geez, you're only you're only what you're only back last weekend from only Vietnam. last
1: yeah last Thursday morning. Wow. And a long and flight. Jet lag is sort of has weaned off a little bit, but it's still at about eight o'clock in the evening. Yeah. I slump, you know, I slump, uh, and wake up at a quarter past five in the morning. So that still hasn't, you know, it's not um, good, not good. No, it, it's it's weaning its way off. Yeah, right? sure. I mean, there are still habits there, you know. Yeah.
0: Okay, Jerry. Listen again. Thanks for your time. Really appreciate it. Say Thank hello you. to your wife and kids. I will. I'm sure we'll bump into each other again. Thank
1: you very much, Tony. <laughs> Thanks a million. Bye-bye. Merci. Thank you.
0: Thanks, everyone, for listening to this week's episode of Irish by the Grace of God. If you like it, please share it with your friends and family and check out our website, shows.acast.com forward slash Irish by the Grace of God hyphen podcast. Here you'll find all our social media pages to make contact. If you know of any Irish people living abroad with an interesting tale, we'd love to hear from you. Thank you and tune in next week. Bye bye.